one example I always think about is if you're a movie director and you want to get into film, you're going to go to IMDb and you're going to go look at your favorite director and see all the movies they've ever directed. That's what we're really proud of with our credits is that somebody can go look at Glass and see all the work he's done throughout mm-hmm. the years and listen to them and learn. Hey there, this is Stephanie from StephFuccio.com with another episode of Geopaths Podcasting, where we explore the world through our guest podcasting experiences. We have our feet firmly planted in the U.S. for this episode. Oh, wait a minute. Well, not me, but our guest Bradley Davis does. (laughs) This episode is a special one for sure. As many of you who have listened to the podcast, follow me on social media, or participate in Pod Rev Day know, I am a huge fan of Podchaser, the IMDb of podcasting. The device agnostic nature of Podchaser makes it such a pleasure to use, and they're adding on functionality all the time. It's actually, honestly, really hard to keep up with all the things that they're doing, but it is a joy to try. But I have to admit, there were some folks I talked to outside of the U.S. who expressed concerns or some clunkiness with some of the functions not working that great in their country. So what else was I supposed to do as a global podcaster? I had to. I had to ask Bradley Davis, the co-founder and CEO of Podchaser, to come on the show and to address some of these issues. Bradley and I cover accessibility and language issues, combined geographic and language search dream functionality. Yeah, that one's mine. The push and pull of keeping podcasting open and the messiness that organically ensues and so much more. What we intentionally don't cover in this episode is uh, Podchaser's origin story. Why? Because it's been covered quite a bit this year already on some other podcasts that you should be listening to anyway. For example, Pod Lovers Asia, Inspired Money, and The New Media Show. I'll leave links to those specific Bradley episodes in the show notes, and you can find those at stefuccio.com, geopets podcasting, forward slash 13. Let's get to the conversation with Bradley. So thank you so much, Bradley, for joining us on Geopets Podcasting. Thank you for having me. Now, the listeners have heard quite a bit about Podchaser up until this point, but just for fun, what's your elevator pitch for Podchaser? The easiest way to describe Podchaser is like IMDb, but for the podcasting world. And what that essentially means is we want Podchaser to be the go-to source for all things podcasting Mm -hmm. when it comes to information. So whether that's metadata or what your friends are following or listening to, or who's in a podcast, anything that has to do with the data behind the podcast, we want to collect and display. And you are the CEO and co-founder, correct? Yes. That's me playing modest. I don't know this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So and going with the IMDB thing, do you think you have surpassed that comparison already? Or do you think that's in the future? I mean, IMDb has like 300 million monthly users. So Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely have not surpassed that. That's definitely something that we always strive to be. And that IMDb is a pretty amazing moment in the internet where the power of the crowd ended up kind of making it what it is. And so trying to emulate that has always been a goal of ours. And so, so no, if we certainly have not surpassed that comparison, it's something that is a goal of ours. I see what you're saying as far as reach, but as far as functionality and the 
massive amount of features you guys are building on all the time. Part of me wants to kick back on that comparison and say, but you're so much more. I think it's fair to say that IMDb, while I'm definitely a user of it, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was built in the 90s. And some of the features that are more commonplace now, like social connections and just more of a modern UX uh, in that way, yeah, I think that there's some additional functionality that's more modern. Well, let's backtrack and do your geopatness now. Where in the world have you lived or traveled? I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. I grew up in Indiana. I lived in Kentucky and had moved to Oklahoma City. So that's my United States story. Mm-hmm. In college, I was applying to study abroad and I missed the deadline for Spain and England and all the like normal places to go. So I ended up going to Finland. I went there during the winter and wow. I was there for three months. I, I started to understand seasonal affective depression <laughs> because... <laughs> I mean, there was no sunlight. There was one hour sunlight a day. So that was quite the experience. But while I was there, I was able to kind of go throughout Scandinavia a little bit. So I've been to Finland, Norway, Estonia, Sweden. And I lived with a group of international students from the European Union. And one of them was in my wedding. And we were still friends to this day. So I had a really good experience overall. And I was glad I did it. And then my wife is Filipino. And so as a rite of passage to get her hand in marriage, I went to the Philippines more recently. So yeah, that's kind of my international experience. And do you speak Finnish? Were you studying the language when you were there? No. Uh, talk, I think, is the only word I know, which is thank you. I think that's the only word I know. That's no, a good I, one to I went know. There, I went there literally just because I wanted to study abroad and miss the deadline. That's 100% why I went there. Well, this is going to be a little bit different than our normal episodes because there are some very specific globally targeted questions I had about Podchaser being an avid fan. And that is an important point is knowing that although these questions, I think I may have worded them rather sharply, they come from a place of curiosity and support. Support for you, support for the listeners, support for the podcasters, all that kind of good stuff. So if there's ever any doubt, please keep that in mind. (laughs) All right. So first and foremost... How is Podchaser accessible to podcast listeners right now? In the context of the world? Yeah. And I'm leaving that open intentionally. Podchaser is not an app. And so if you have an internet connection and access to the internet, you can access Podchaser. And as far as language goes, our native language supports English. Of course, you know Google can translate the site into other languages that are local to you. And we do plan to support translating the site into more languages. But for now, it's it's just English. So as long as you have an internet connection, you can access Podchaser from almost anywhere in the world. And in lieu of building an app, you've done some integrations with a lot of podcast apps. Is that right? Yeah. So our thinking is that there are so many great apps that people are are very passionate about. And so instead of trying to get you to leave that app or to download a different one. We just want to enhance that app experience that you already have. That's kind of been our goal is to not really compete with other apps. Why? Because I think that our vision was that if everybody worked together, we could do cooler things. And especially like when we kind of started around 2017, there's so many 
podcast apps and there's so much noise there. And so it seemed a way to differentiate our, our product and our vision was to not build an app, mm-hmm. which so far has been the right decision. But mm-hmm. I know everybody wants one. so <laughs> I did at the beginning, but to be quite honest with you, it's actually really easy to use your website even on a mobile phone. So I Thank got you. over that pretty quick. And the integrations are making their way to the apps that I use. So yeah, awesome. selfishly, I no longer am pulling for that. However, the language thing I am kind of pulling for because I just... Yeah. Yeah. So, but I can only imagine, especially when you go into languages with different scripts, like Mandarin or Hindi or Thai or those kinds of Mm. scripts, that must get incredibly complex. So is there like a long-term view for languages? Basically, we just have to translate the core copy around the website Mm -hmm. and there are services that can do that. And so that's kind of the goal. And I can actually tell you our top countries, if that's interesting. That is. So United States, mm-hmm. number one, uh, United Kingdom, number two, Canada, Australia, India, Germany, Brazil, Ireland, Sweden, Denmark, Netherlands, Spain, France, New Zealand, Norway, Philippines, South Africa, Turkey, Mexico. That's the ones I have. So that was actually pretty yeah. surprising. India is a lot higher than I thought it would be, which makes sense. Yeah. Apparently they have a very uh, booming podcasting scene, industry, yeah. market. They have a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, I just did my submission to Ghana, if I'm saying that right. G-A-A-N-A. Apparently, they're oh, cool. a big podcasting host that also had like lists a bunch of podcasts. So Very cool. A lot of access. Yeah, so that's... Well, also, they have the legacy of English too. So that's a plus. Um, I'm happy to hear Germany's in there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Germany's pretty high. <laughs> so when do you foresee other languages being... A reality in Chaser. Probably 2021. I'm going to keep it super, super vague. Well, understandably. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody's going to hold you to this. We're not signing any agreements that this will will happen. (laughs) Nothing like that. But I am making the really big assumption, the elephant in the room, that Chaser wants to have a global existence. Is that even in the big picture plan? Yeah, definitely. So we recently partnered, and I can't say the name of it just yet, um, with... uh, largely Spanish-speaking app. So we'll be getting a lot of insight into Latin America specifically. Mm -hmm. And there's so many Spanish-speaking podcasters and podcast listeners. And so we think it's just a massive opportunity to engage globally. And it simply comes down to a matter of resources to be able to support. Because once you support different languages, Mm -hmm. you have to support different languages. So things like customer service, like we're constantly translating Spanish usually. And, and some other languages too, but mainly Spanish. So we're always putting it into Slack channel and everyone's like, does anybody speak any Spanish at all? <laughs> do you have any clue what's going on here? So yeah, it's just a matter of resources, really. So it's definitely the goal. You just mentioned something about screen readers. Accessibility for people with lower no vision has been a more recent focus of ours. Honestly, just came from the fact that we had a few Podchaser users who were saying, hey, um, I can't see this, like, or I can't, I can't access this at all um, because I have low or no vision. And so there were some um, kind of off-the-shelf uh, accessibility enhancements we could do to the website to make that easier to read. And so that's something that we've been working on for the past few months. And even as recently as last week, we've continued to make improvements there. 
And I've intentionally skipped over a lot of the origin story and some of the things that you've gone into detail on in other podcasts. And for the listeners, those really good interviews will be in the show notes. Since it's already been done, there's no reason to, to go into those again. But there is this question that wasn't on the list. I wonder about these push and pull between podcasters and podcast listeners. And it's not a, a straight divide, right? Because a lot of listeners are podcasters and, and so on and so forth. But do you want Podchaser to be there more to support one group versus another? Well, we've done a really good job with podcasters. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order for us to succeed long term, we need both. So we want it to be a community for the two groups to interact. And like you said, the overlap is unlike any other industry. <laughs> like everyone who gets really into podcasting, <laughs> I think eventually makes a podcast or gets on a podcast as a guest. So for that reason, it makes sense to to attract both. But for podcasters, we want their community to to live and contribute on Podchaser and to have that back and forth. That's why we do things like the ability to reply to reviews mm-hmm. so that you can start engaging with your listeners on that deeper level. And so I think that most of our tools and features that we've built to date have been more directed towards podcasters. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the first phase, I'd say. And then more recently, like we just did an update today. Well, we just announced it today that had a whole lot of stuff for podcast listeners. Yeah. Well, I imagine you're probably getting much more feedback from the podcasters than from listeners because listeners are quiet, generally speaking, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we hear from podcasters a billion times a day. Um, (laughs) They have a lot of opinions and a lot of feedback and a lot of customer service things and and ideas and so yeah they're very vocal and i think i think that's what's so cool about this industry is that it feels very much owned by the creators and i hope that that stays that way forever i'm the man without the plan you know you fooled me girl to think i'm willing and able hey there this is steph from stephfuccio.com. Have you been podcasting for less than a year? Do you feel like you have the hang of what to do to make your podcast interesting and put uh, episodes out on a consistent basis in a way that engages your audience, but you don't really have the time to sit down and reflect on different things that you could do to improve and change and experiment with your podcast? It's easy to get caught up in the publishing process and not reflect back on what you'd actually like to change and how you'd actually like to grow in your podcasting. And that's exactly why I've created this workshop called Pod Back, Pod Forward, Reflective Podcast Planning. What we're going to do in this once a month for three month workshop is exactly how it sounds. We're going to look back at your previous episodes and Figure out things that you liked and maybe not so much liked about what you've done with the episodes, possibly your promotions of them and those kinds of things. Make a strategic plan about what you can do to make your podcast episodes stronger, more interesting, more fun for you, and probably more fun for your guests to listen to moving forward. So we're going to spend the time intentionally reflecting and yes, listening back on your old episodes. So this is not a quick and easy passive experience, folks. You're going to need to sit down and listen to your first few episodes. Three workshops over three months. They're October 10th, November 14th, and December 12th. You sign up for all of them on a package on Eventbrite. 
I'll have the link in the show notes for you, but you can also go to stephfuccio.com forward slash workshops. And that's S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O. All right, let's get back to the conversation with Bradley. So going back to the language, one of my dream tools is to like type in a topic, a -hmm. country and a language and Mm -hmm. find a podcast that meets all three of those criteria. Is that something that's possible now? We just added a language field that will be crowdsourced fairly soon. And then topic is something that is accomplished via tags that will be improving soon as well. We agree with you. We want the same exact experience. And so we've added to the back end of the product, the ability to input location down to the city level, mm-hmm. language and topic. So, so yes, um, you'll be able to do that soon. Down to the city level. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's even further than I was dreaming. Cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> always been our goal is to get that. And it's just hard because... The data available for podcasting is so unorganized. And so Mm -hmm. we had to figure out a good way to organize that because there's also the matter of a multi-city support. Many podcasts are recorded in different cities across different continents. Mm -hmm. So being able to support that presents some issues. So yeah, we're going to be able to see where a podcast is recorded and also eventually in the near future as well show the city in which most of the listeners are. So that'll be cool too. My host used to be in the US and then I was in China. But now I think I'm registered in the UK and I'm in Germany. So people like me would probably make it very difficult to have the city or country (laughs) level of that. How do you work around that? That's something that our beautiful product manager, Dave, Mm -hmm. will figure out because he's smarter than me. Fair enough. Honestly, organically, I'm floored by how fast you can roll out new things on Podchaser. Because I assume that your team is not huge, but they must never sleep. Are any of those assumptions true? (laughs) So I disagree. I think that we could be way faster, uh, honestly. It's good to hear that from an outside perspective. We ship things quickly because that's certainly our goal to be constantly adapting and adjusting and putting out features accordingly. But we're not a very big team. We have like five developers and they're in New Zealand, Australia, United Kingdom. And then most of the like marketing and business stuff is in the States. So yeah, that's good to hear. We're a startup. And so, you know, we're always in a sense fighting for our own existence. And <laughs> so I think shipping features and, engaging users is is always important to us. So yeah, that's uh, good to hear. Thanks. Yeah, both as a podcaster and as a listener, I'm fighting to keep up with you guys. Every time you implement something, I'm like, I have to get that sorted now. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, I could have sat with just the lists feature that mm. I could create my own RSS feed and, and just update that. I could have sat with that for a year and been super happy before any new updates. <laughs> You'll be happy that we're going to be doing some list enhancements soon. We're going to do things like uh, creator lists. That kind of goes into what we're going to be calling smart lists, which basically is... This is a terrible example, but say you're a big fan of the the Cubs and you want to follow every 
guest appearance of every player mm-hmm. on the Cubs team will make it to where if you follow those players, their episodes that their guests on will automatically populate a list that can be converted into an RSS feed, like you've said earlier. So yeah. in that way, you'll be able to kind of have these kind of customized smart list around people or groups of people that mm-hmm. you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So like the Tiger King documentary, we'd have a list generated automatically that would be like, here's all the interviews for all the cast of Tiger King. Throw this into your podcast player. So yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of, of enhancements and cool things with lists soon. Wow. How do you use Podchaser that you think some people might not be using it? Bookmarking, I think is really underutilized. On Podchaser, you can use episode lists and load them into your podcast player really easily. Mm-hmm. And so we have a bookmarking feature to where you can bookmark a podcast or an episode. If you see something on the site that looks interesting, you just quickly bookmark it. And then once you open up your podcast player of choice, it'll just show up immediately. So I think that's a really cool thing people don't really realize exists. And and part of it is that the phrase RSS feed is confusing mm-hmm. to the average person. Nobody knows what that is. And so we're trying to figure out ways to make it even easier to bookmark. Because with podcasting, it's so different from most other mediums. Whereas mm-hmm. Like even a YouTube video, if you come across an interesting YouTube video, you usually watch it right then and there because maybe it's five minutes long or three minutes long. Mm-hmm. The podcast, that's a two-hour interview. Mm-hmm. You might wait for a drive. You might wait until you do laundry. You might wait until you do something. And so there's there's a huge displacement of attention yeah. that happens within podcasting. And so for that reason, we think bookmarking is a really important functionality. And what we'd like to do is make our bookmarking functionality universal in sites and different apps and across the internet. That's kind of the long-term plan there. I am on Podchaser right now and I don't use bookmarking. Um, I don't think. I'm looking actually for the bookmark icon, bookmark area. What? Do you see it? No. I mean, I see save that looks like a bookmarking icon. That's oh, it. there it is. Yeah. Bookmark podcast. Okay. So yep, just there it go is. to a podcast and so when you that. bookmark that, yeah. you can you have a bookmarking page underneath like your user profile and that will automatically go there. <gasps> oh yeah, no. <laughs> I have six items there, six episodes there, and I Oh, so you have not, been bookmarking stuff. I, I did, but to be quite honest with you, I do not remember doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> so I bookmarked it and didn't do anything with it. How is that different than making a list? And then exporting that as an RSS feed, though. Functionally, it's no different. So a list has a a level of curation to it. So when you add things to a list, first of all, you have to have two clicks. Add to list and then select the list or create the list. With bookmarking, it's one click. And it's more intended to say, okay, I want to listen to this later. Boom. One click and you're done versus a list. It's just like, oh, I want to curate this for this list for my Twitter following or for my group or whatever. You can use them in the same way. Similarly, can both bookmarks and lists do entire podcasts and individual episodes? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna have to play around with this some more. Okay. And and here's my thing. On my podcast app, I'll like download stuff and I'll just have like 70 waiting for me in my downloads. But I use Podcast Addict because I'm old school and stubborn. 
<laughs> I can't actually move them around to the order I want to listen to them in. Can I do that in bookmarks or lists on Podchaser? No, <laughs> because most podcast apps will automatically sort the episode list by either air date or alphabetically. And yeah, so I hate that. We might be able to <laughs> add numbers to the episodes um, on the fly. So if it is alphabetical, it can automatically sort them. But yeah. that's something that we'll probably work with apps individually. So like we, right. we have a relationship with Xavier from Podcast Addict. And so mm-hmm. that's something that we could probably work on. And the yeah. only reason that matters is like there's daily news and daily marketing news kind of things that I listen to. And if I wait two or three days till I get to that part of the 70 podcast that I never completely get through, then it's old news. Yep. Exactly. So I have to just consciously go. And when I go into my downloads on my on podcast edit, I have to go, okay, what's going to be useless tomorrow? And I listen to those first. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. That would be very, very cool. So are there any other things that you might be adding to Podchaser to make it more usable outside of North America? Yeah. In the near future, we're going to have a discover page section that will curate interesting things eventually based on location. So yeah, in that sense, I think we are definitely focused on growing as much as possible, which includes obviously the rest of the world uh, outside of the United States and the UK and Australia. So curation, discovery, and, and I think the beauty of a pod chaser is that as long as we do our job to make it accessible enough to other countries, the podcaster experience will be great for those people in those countries since we rely so heavily on crowdsourcing. So once we translate the app or the website into whatever language, those people can get on the site, start creating lists, following each other, mm-hmm. and that community wow. is born. We've done our job there. So it should be a fairly easy transition for everybody to enjoy Podchaser wherever they are. I just thought of something. I've been trying to access more of listener group, podcast listener groups and podcast groups because I have been participating in and getting to know podcast groups for like almost four years. But the listener groups, Podcast Brunch Club is my biggest one. And you guys are already all over that. I've actually heard about you the first time through Adela from Podcast Brunch Club. Awesome. But are there any spots on Podchaser where people can collectivize? <laughs> like, like listener groups can be in a spot and share things that way without just knowing everybody's individual name or username or something like that. Yeah. So what you're describing is basically group functionality within podcasting. The way we envision this is eventually having multi-user support for lists. And so we could, for example, have like the top 100 true crime podcast list which is moderated by maybe eight of the industry leading true crime critics. And they can take submissions into that list and change their order and comment and discuss all on that list together. So yes, I agree. I think there's pretty massive opportunity for community and groups in podcasting. And most of those live on Discord or Slack or Facebook groups. And so I think there's a lot we can do to marry that group experience to the podcast itself, like where you can, you know, play it right there on the site. I guess my answer is there's definitely opportunity there. And we have a lot of cool plans to 
bring in the power of groups into Podchaser? I have a lot of dream ideas I want to happen with podcasting. I love how open it is, but I'm also sometimes very frustrated by how fragmented things are. <laughs> That's the kind of like catch 22. If you want to keep things open, they're going to be fragmented um, yeah. <laughs> to an extent. And I think that's our our job is to keep it open, but consolidate the data enough to where the industry can grow and and learn. Like one one example I always think about is if you're a, a movie director and you want to get into film, you're going to go to IMDb and you're going to go look at your favorite director and see all the movies they've ever directed. That's the way for a new creative to kind of start their journey in podcasting. And I think that's how we envision Podchaser being used. And I think that's what's so crucial about consulting data like this is you have to have history to build upon something. And so that's what we're really proud of with our credits is that somebody can go look at Iroglass and see all the work he's done throughout Mm -hmm. the years and listen to them and learn. So you have to kind of have both. You have to keep all the cool apps and services that are all competing, keep them competing because it makes everything better. But you have to have some base of consolidation in the data for the industry to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. On this podcast, we were attempting to talk to people from many, many different places about how podcasting is, where they are, partially out of curiosity and partially to spark inspiration to do things a little bit differently in our own projects. With that in mind, as someone who's creating something that's already very big, that is going to be even more globally big in the future, what would you want to know from people in other countries about their podcasting habits that would help you build that part of Podchaser? I think there's a lot that everyone's curious about. Like, Do people in other countries with very different consumer behavior consume podcasts the same way? Do they listen to it at the same time of day? In countries with stricter labor laws, can you listen to a podcast at work? <laughs> like, is it even legal oh, right. uh, yeah. to, to do that? So like the time of day shift. And then of course, I would bet that a lot of our habits are becoming very similar in light of the pandemic. So that's kind of interesting to think about. I think also like the topics in which people consume, you know, what types of podcasts are they listen to like in America? We seem to be really obsessed with murder and like hustle porn kind of mm-hmm. content. So I'm willing to bet that's not the same case in, in many <laughs> other countries. I'd be curious about that. And I think also fiction is like the elephant in the room. It seems like in every other media sector, mm-hmm. fiction is king, but in podcasting, it's not like, well, it's certainly growing. And we've actually seen a massive amount of yeah. audio fiction growth during the pandemic, why is it not bigger? And how does it get bigger? It's going to be the number one thing. I think right. it's inevitable. But yeah, I'd be curious globally. I bet there's some countries that have more uptake than they do here. I think Americans view podcasting as less leisure and more like data ingestion or mm-hmm. information ingestion. Yeah. So maybe that's different across other countries. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. The most shocking things I found out so far is when I lived in China, most of the stuff there was behind paywalls, except for like foreigners in China doing like the standard free podcast. A lot of the, the Chinese produced, Chinese distributed, Chinese bought podcasts. That's a lot of Chinese. A lot of those were behind a paywall and very self-helpish. 
in the regard to business, not so much the personal development side. But most of it behind a paywall is very interesting. And the numbers were incredibly high, like how much people were making from it. Oh, the the, the, the amount of money. You know, podcasting is massive in China, so much yeah. bigger than the United States. And I think the argument is, well, is it really a podcast or is it more uh, audiobooks on demand? Maybe a better comparison because it's all paywalled. But hmm. I mean, they figured it out. They're making way more money than people are making yeah. here. Yeah. Well, they're distributing them as podcasts. I mean, it's so hard to map what a creative endeavor starts at and when it goes around the world. It's right. really, really hard to do. Final question on a more personal note. What podcasts are you listening to? Hunting Warhead was, I think, my favorite podcast of the year. Uh, I think that came out in 2019, which was a really, really like sick dive into pedophilia. But it was just very well done and absolutely mortifying. I listen to a lot of pretty basic podcasts. I think the strangest one I listen to is Richard's Famous Food Podcast, which is like insanely good. And it's funny that recently there was an article that said that this is the podcast that podcasters listen to, which I think is true because it's very bizarre and it really pushes the boundaries and, and I think opens up a lot of interesting ideas of how to view audio. Audio can be more creative than video. Because mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. Nobody mm-hmm. can see you. So he definitely stretches the limits of audio as we know it. And I think that's really important. So that's a good one. And then as far as the daily podcast, I'm a The Daily fan. Mm-hmm. I prefer it over the, the other ones. And then S-Town is my favorite podcast of all time. I listen to it like once a year. And it makes me cry. And I love it so much. And it's just beautiful. That's definitely my favorite of all time. But uh, I'm always listening to something new you can see my top eight on Podchaser. of course <laughs> I, need more followers. I have like the least amount of followers within the founding team i'm like dead last so i need more followers. Whoa. okay everybody go follow him my I username can't... is the letter b your username is the letter b yep i'm searching i don't, you fo- I don't know if you follow me I, it looks like I do, but I'm not sure if I just did when I clicked on the site or if I did. (laughs) No, I think I, I think I did before, but wait, no, I'm searching just the letter B and nothing's coming up. Well, it's kind of hard to find, which I think is part of the issue because a single letter username is difficult to work into our search engine. So when I type in, I think my name might pull it up too. Yeah, it does. That one actually comes up easier. The letter B just kind of confuses the search. Yep. So yeah, Bradley Davis, people. Go and follow Bradley. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> how many followers do you... Does it even show how many followers? I really... Considering I how much so. time I spend on the site, I should know more than I'm asking right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it shows the follower count. Um, but Dave and Cole have a lot more followers than me. They cheated. They both put their profiles as part of the onboarding process. And yeah. mine's not. So oh. <laughs> it's really cheating. Massively cheating. Let's help him get up there, guys. <laughs> I can't promise you. My, our numbers aren't that high yet. So <laughs> we'll do what we can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much to Bradley Davis for coming on the show. Also, thank you to our guest editor, Linda Cherwan. 
Linda's information will be in the show notes. So feel free to dig in there if you are in need of an editor. Also, thanks to Damon Castillo for the music that you've been hearing throughout the episode. The song in this episode is Headed for a Breakdown from the Mess of Me album. You've only heard snippets of the song so far in the episode, but you can hear the full song in just a minute. For more of Damon and his band's music, go to DamonCastillo.com. This episode is brought to you by StephFuccio.com forward slash pod services, where I offer custom podcast services, including but not limited to podcast editing and podcast accountability coaching. You can find the full show notes with all the information of the things that we talked about in this episode and more at StephFuccio.com forward slash geopats podcasting forward slash 13. Without further ado, here is Headed for a Breakdown by Damon Castillo. Baby, we're headed for a break. 